just take time And all through my coffee break time I say a little prayer for you Creme brulee could never be jello. Welcome to the Movie Ladder Podcast. We're all about cinematic connections. Each week we're discussing a movie that connects to the movie from the previous week's podcast. My name is Zach Brooks and I am joined by... Brendan Fitzpatrick. And we are back with another guest this week. This is the other host of the Bachelor Rehap Ups on Rob Has a Podcast Rehap Ups Network. Whatever reality you want to call TV it. Reality TV rehab ups. That's it. Reality TV rehab ups. That's yes. what we're looking for. Butchering uh, where she works. Haley Strong, welcome to the party. Are you laddering the guests too? Like, do I get to pick who who fills in? Yes, yes please. I think that would be great. Well. Yeah. So yeah. who would who would you ladder to? We already. Oh my had, gosh. Who would I ladder to? What a great question. There's just like an endless bevy of talent over there on the rehab ups network. Like I probably fall in the bottom. Well, I'm, I make up the bottom tier exclusively myself over there. Um, but I, I'm, I'm grandfathered in, so they're never going to kick me out, which is nice. It's true, yes. Yep. You're one of the originals. Um, well, and now, well that, now that Top Chef is coming back in April, you're here to stay. Yeah, like so. I, I thought I would have a bit of a break after the season of The Bachelor is over, but no, I'm going right back into it, probably. Yep. Maybe if we do a movie that takes place, you know, in a kitchen next week, we can have one of your uh, top oh, shows. Good call. Good call. Yes, that that is the next level of the Movie Ladder Podcast. We not only ladder the movies there, together, we connect the movies, we connect the hosts together. If if there there are no spoilers for later on in the podcast, but if there there are certain connections where I know exactly who I'm reaching out to if we pick that movie. So. Oh, fun! Oh, nice. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, last week we had Haley's co-host on the Bachelor Hap Ups podcast, Amy, on to discuss the Philadelphia story. And this week, due to a wedding rom-com connection, we will be discussing my best friend's wedding with everybody's best friend, Haley Strong. Then at the end of the episode, we'll decide on our next movie based on connections sent in from the listeners and ones that us hosts brought to you. We were putting Haley in the hot seat to give her connections. I made my list and I tested it twice. Yeah, she did her homework. Very nice. So I know. Can uh, you that's this is the most homework I've ever done for a podcast. (laughs) I watched one hour and forty two minute movie and made a list of five movies from an IMDB page. Very cool. Is this why Rob isn't gonna have you on any of the season wrap up podcasts on the main network? Uh, uh, I think they will, but like Sam has already reached out to me, and he's like, "I'll give you seven months, so you have, <laughs> so you will do this." Because last behind the scenes, a little inside podcasting here, Zach messaged me last week to be on with Amy, and mm-hmm. I said, "Don't commit me. I this I'm a big maybe for watching this movie." Uh, <laughs> and then a couple days later, Zach was like, "Hey, did you watch it?" And I said, "Nope, and I will not be watching it. So sorry about that." Yeah. But. Uh, Amy did set you up with this one last week. She said she was only bringing movies that you would like with the hope that you would be on the podcast. And then I even heard her uh, reveal her plan to you at the end of your Bachelor podcast last week. So you knew it was coming. Yeah. So I really and you you reached out a little earlier, I think, too, to say, like, this is the movie. I'm (laughs) I'm penning you in. 
Uh, was it on Netflix in Canada? No, it wasn't. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, so it was on Netflix in the U.S., but not not in Canada. Uh, so did you have to rent it, or did you did you happen to uh, have this one? I plead the fifth. Okay, good, uh, good, good call. Uh, so. Going back to My Best Friend's Wedding, we will be spoiling that movie when we start talking about it. So if you have not seen it yet, in the U.S. it's on Netflix. In Canada, you can find it in other places. Uh, but we will also put a timestamp in the description of this podcast if you want to jump ahead to find out what we're going to be watching next week. But, of course, we're going to have a fun discussion about this rom-com from 97. So you should pause this podcast, go watch it, and then come back and listen. And as always, you can follow us at Ladder Movie. On Twitter, you can email us, themovieladder at gmail.com. Get those emails in once we do pick next week's movie. And follow us on Letterboxd. Haley, do you know what Letterboxd is? Uh, yeah, it's like Goodreads, but for movies. Oh, yeah, that's Correct. a very succinct exactly. way to put it, yes. Yep. Uh, so we do, have a letter, we do have a movie ladder page, the movie ladder on Letterboxd. There are emails into them. They have a new partners program. We're trying to get into that, but not going to be for a while, probably. So... Uh, but we do put on there every po- every movie that we cover, we put on there. And we also have a watch list, which includes all the movies that have been suggested each week. So there's, I think it's up to like eight pages now, nine pages now. Tons of movies if you're looking for recommendations. So Something like that, yes. Yes. All right. Uh, Brendan, we know about you. Haley, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell people a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm Haley. I spend a lot of time watching TV, as do most of us. Um I, I have a very specific subset of interest, which is, is mostly just to bring myself joy. Um, I like upbeat movies, TV shows. I try not to watch depressing things. Um, so that really falls into the, the kinds of movies I've watched. Um, and I say I only watch movies that are uh, comedies, romantic comedies, and movies based on books I've read. And even then, that last category, I don't know. It doesn't always work for me. I... <laughs> I walked out of uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo because it was too scary for me, even though I knew what was going to happen because I read the book. Um, but, you know, I I, I co-host the Bachelor podcast over the Reality TV Wrap-Ups Network, as, as previously said. Um, I also am big into food. I'm more of a food enthusiast than a, than a foodie, I would say. I like to podcast about it. I'd like to think about it. I like to take pictures of it. And I like to think about taking pictures of it. Um, you know, lately, I've just been hanging around here with the cat. We just have a nice time, except when he bites me. And then uh, we separate for a while. <laughs> well, I will say that when we get to uh, you plugging all your social media, I don't want to say anything about anybody else we've had as a guest here. But you probably are going to have the best Instagram of anybody that's been oh, a guest on this podcast. Shucks. Absolutely. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate it. Yeah. I food. try way too hard, honestly. If you love food and you love cats, you'll love yes. Haley's <laughs> Pretty much. At hstrong <laughs> underscore. Yes. Uh, she had, make sure you include the underscore so you don't get the yes. wrong hstrong. So, uh, well, before we get to My Best Friend's Wedding, I do want to say, as I was watching this movie, I kept writing down reasons why this is kind of like the perfect Haley Strong movie. Mm-hmm. Um, like, <laughs> we're going to pick a movie to have you on as a guest. This one checked like five of your interest areas. I, so it I wasn't agree. just a rom-com. Yeah. So that's still, I don't think I like this movie. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> um, all well, right. That's a, well, that's a strong take from a strong. Yeah. <laughs> good it's good. You got to come in with, you got to come in with a take. Um, 
this, you know, there has been, uh, there's another beloved movie that we did last, well, beloved by me movie that we did last year that was romantic comedy that I, we, we had guests on and I was the only one who came in liking that movie. So we'll see if we have a repeat from just Was it 500 ago. Days of Summer? No, oh, no, we did that uh, almost a year ago. No, this was Mixed Nuts, which is the uh, Christmas comedy with Steve Martin about the suicide hotline. We had Jess and Will on and um, I think I was the only one who really liked that movie. Yeah, it, was, it did not age well. Let's just say as far as 90s comedies go, that one aged very poorly. Yeah. I have to say, <laughs> considering this came out in 97, it could have aged worse. Yeah, yeah. It, I thought so too. I actually there there didn't was a couple any, lines but... where it was kind of like, mm, okay, but like I didn't find it overwhelmingly brutal yeah. for that. Yeah, I know. I I agree. Um, especially Rupert Ed- Everett's character, I thought could have been even more offensive. Um, yeah. you know, there's, there were issues with his character, but I think compared to Mixed Nuts, probably not as bad. So. Yeah, I think I really wanted to like this movie because, like you said, it has all of these aspects of of things I would like. I love Julia Roberts. I love Cameron Diaz. I love a rom-com. I love Chicago as a backdrop in a romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, but it just, it just didn't quite come together for me. And I think it's because I found, I'm allowed to just jump into things, right? Like, yeah, well, get, usually we do it. Yeah, usually we do a segment that's what's the best thing you watched in the last week. We'll just skip it. Oh, we'll sorry. Right no, 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 we'll do what's no, the best okay. thing you Sometimes no, we, we just jump it. in. Nah, we'll sometimes, get, sorry, get, sorry, sorry. sorry. Some of us are like type A, super structured uh, outline people, and some of us are just like, no, let's just talk. And <laughs> no, we I can, think... we can, we can outline. I do not mind. Yeah. I... Well, what's the best thing you watch? Real quick. Um, watch anything I've, this week? I've been watching um, Drag Race UK over and over again. Um, so I watched the late, the newest episodes, but then I've been going back and watching season one before bed. I just find it very relaxing. Um, and then I also. I talk about it all the time on my podcast. I don't know if you guys have watched this yet, but it's my favorite show, Taskmaster. I watch it I've all the time. I've heard great things. Yeah, I, would heard, I, I haven't seen any of it, but I've heard great things. You both will love it. And yeah. you're just hurting yourselves by not watching it. So it's, it's funny because Amy came on and was like, you guys got to watch The Hustler. And you came on and you're like, you guys got to watch The Taskmaster. And I feel like they're the same show. Even though I, they might not be, but that's just from from what I understand about them. No, Taskmaster. No, Taskmaster is its own entity. You need to watch it. It's super easy to watch it now. It's on YouTube. Like, yeah. like they put like they put the episodes up on YouTube, so like it's all together and everything. It's wonderful. You need to watch it. Your listeners need to watch it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What happens? In ta- what happens in Taskmaster? It's like a game show. Kind of. Um, so they usually there's about there's five comedians um, individually. They each do the same tasks and it's recorded. And then they all come together and watch each other do the tasks. And nobody knows how anyone else did. And it's just truly the funniest show I've ever seen. So it's like a blind challenge. Kind okay. of. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It's really, really good. And I well, maybe after really we finish recording tonight, I'll watch an episode of the Taskmaster. I'll watch an episode of the Hustler, and I'll report back who uh, <laughs> show I like better. Yes, I, I think you Let's should. I'm recommending for Taskmaster you start with season two, episode one. Oh, okay. Okay. That's, then, that's a challenge to jump the, the whole season ahead. It's just, I, I just find that episode so brilliant that it really hooks you. And season one, like most season ones, are still trying to find their footing a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Still a great season, but I just season two, episode one is where you need to start. Hopefully people say that about the Movie Ladder podcast. They're like, well, season one, you know, they had a third host for a while. They were finding their footing. <laughs> they did mix nuts. But season Got two. Got rid of the wrong host. Uh... Yeah, yeah. The wrong kid died. Uh, yeah, but season two, they found their footing. So, yeah. What was the best you... thing you guys watched this week? Uh, Brendan, you go. Yeah. So I watched a drama slash comedy uh, from 1994 called The Madness of King George. It was uh, nominated for several Academy Awards when it came out. I had never seen it. My boss at work, who's never going to listen to this podcast anyway, kept bugging me to listen to this and bring it up on the podcast. And you got to find, you got to watch Madness of King George. You got to watch Madness of King George. It's basically a sequel to Hamilton, where um, if you if you think about it that way, because it follows George the Third, who's the king during Hamilton. And in his later years, after he gives up uh, the revolution in America, um, his later years as king, he sort of starts to go mad due to an unknown disease. And they try all these weird sorts of psychological experiments to cure him. Um, But it actually is done with a lot of humor, despite some of the sort of grotesque grotesque, uh, psychological stuff that happens. It. I thought it has a lot of heart and it has a lot of charm and it's got some witty British humor as most British movies do. Uh, Ian Holm plays the doctor who's, you know, most people will know as Bilbo Baggins in the Lord of the Rings I was going to say, that's what I know. Or, uh, yeah, or Ash from Alien. Um, yeah, he's he was really great. Um, yeah, really enjoyed it. Highly recommend Madness of King George if you haven't seen it. Nice. Yeah, I feel like the only reason why I know about that movie is because you've talked about it a bunch. Yeah, I, I saw, brought it up. I saw you log in this podcast. week, and I was yeah. like, I was like, oh, Madness and King George. Why do I know that? And I was like, oh, because Brennan's brought it up a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> so. uh, I had a light week in movie watching for mm-hmm. whatever reason, um, and so I have a choice between two that I want to say. I guess I'll go with the good movie that I watched, which is <laughs> A Fistful of Dollars. It is the first in the Dollars trilogy of Westerns starring Clint Eastwood. Um, and uh, it's, you know, it's it's definitely like the what I expect is going to be the smallest of the of the three Sergio Leone uh, early Westerns. But, you know, it was good. It was a he plays like a quite the badass. And I've been on a real Westerns kick. So it's like nice to get this style Western, um, even though this was before uh, What's Part Time in the West, which was like my favorite movie ever. Mm-hmm. So, uh yeah, I'm enjoying the westerns. I still got a couple more on my list, so I'll be doing them for the next couple weeks still. Nice. But I never knew Clint Eastwood could be so young as he was in the So I just used to him being like yeah, the right? old guy, and I'm like, oh, he's <laughs> in his 20s. It's very weird. Um, it is very odd. Haley, do you do you ever watch westerns? Oh God, no. <laughs> I used to be like kind of anti-western. I, I wasn't that interested in them. And then basically since the start of the year, I've watched a ton, probably like 10, maybe 15 westerns. And um, it's just like a great escape, especially right. Not the great escape of the movie, but it's been a great escape, uh, especially, you know, when it's four degrees outside and can't go anywhere. And it's like, let's just go back to the past when people could interact. And it's right. uh, just feels like a totally different time. Yeah. The evolution of Zach Brooks, Western fan has been really fun to watch over the last six months or so. so. Uh, like last one month. It might feel like six months. It's only been one. It, month. it does. That's what quarantine does to you. Yeah. So uh, the other one that I will say that I watched, which was not as good, that is 
uh, Die Another Day. That is the last Pierce Brosnan Bond movie. Yeah, I wasn't going to bring up that we watched any of the Bond movies. <laughs> well, I did want to plug that we did a three <laughs> and a half hour three and a half hour long James Bond podcast that we've been teasing for a while. Brendan joined us. It was Mac, myself, and Brendan. We talked through all four of the Pierce Brosnan James Bond movies, and Die Another Day is the weakest probably of them, but it was it's still some kind of fun parts. And the you podcast listen was... to that uh, listen to that podcast and see if you can pinpoint the exact moment where I almost fell asleep. <laughs> or pinpoint the exact moment where I thought that we lost the recording. Uh, Hilly, we were podcast. We started the podcast at ten thirty, and we finished at like two fifteen a.m. I was tired. Yeah, Brennan, please never serious. sign me up for something <laughs> yeah. like that. I don't yeah. do long podcasts, and I don't do late podcasts. What's the longest podcast you've done? Do you know? Oh gosh, I feel I feel like our Top Chef podcasts have gone have gone long. Some of them have been close to two hours, yeah, but yeah. usually they're about an hour and a half. I usually so. get bored and we'll just try and zoom through things. <laughs> I promise I won't do that to you guys. <laughs> I just get like restless and I'm like, okay, what's going okay, on? Okay, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, I think knowing when is appropriate length of a podcast is good. Like there are times, especially right. lately where I've been listening to some podcasts, and I'm like, all right, this thing is starting to lose some steam. This could have ended half an hour. And ago. I'll look and I'll be like, oh, there's 10 minutes left. And what, that's great. It's like, wow, the, you know, the hosts, they can tell when they're starting to run out of stuff and they're wrapping it up, which hopefully is the way people feel about us when we start to lose steam. And there are other times when I'll be like, oh, this podcast is losing steam. And I'll look and there's an hour and a half left in the podcast still. And I, so, yeah, I think there's something to be said for zooming through. People like a, a breezy under an hour podcast. This won't be, but. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? Maybe it will. Maybe. I'll try my best. No, I'm just kidding. Well, you know, people are listening to this podcast and they know how long this ended up. So maybe they're looking at their, their podcast app and they're like, actually, you guys went 72 minutes. You actually did keep it. Cool. And they're like, wow, a 35-minute <laughs> podcast. That's yeah. something. Yeah. Oh, man. It's been a long time since we had anything under an hour. All right. So let's get into our ratings and final scores. Group. Yeah. So, so next week, uh, Julia Roberts was in... Uh, all right. Well, let's all get right. into my best friend's wedding. Um, I was the only one of the three of us who had seen it. I saw it back in 1997 when it came out. I remember my whole family went to went to the movie theater to see it back when we could go to movie theaters. Uh, and the thing that people always bring up about this movie, and it might not be the headline, but people always say great soundtrack. And I remember we had mm-hmm. the CD. It was one of our early CDs that we had was the My Best Friend's Wedding soundtrack. Uh, as you two, uh, new watchers to this, did you feel like the soundtrack really stood out to you as something great in this movie? 100%. Well, it's, it's funny how almost relevant it, it's become. Um, mm-hmm. Because I feel like they've brought up, they brought up Diane Warwick a bunch. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of finding like a resurgence on Twitter by being like Twitter's cool aunt. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Has she, has she been doing a lot on Twitter? I don't think I've even noticed. Yeah, yeah. She's been having a good time. Hmm. But it doesn't look like there's anything on on here that's actually sung by Diane Warwick. Yeah, it, it, I think it's a lot of covers. They're all yeah. credited. They're all credited to her in the credits on right. IMDb. Um, but yeah, they're not actually sung by her in the movie. Yeah. So um, yeah, I don't I don't know why that's why that's where I started yeah. where I started. But um, I last week when I pulled the the exit clip for the podcast, the mm-hmm. outro clip. I pulled that say a little prayer for you scene from the lobster restaurant, the crab shack or whatever. And it got me really excited to rewatch this movie. Um, and I still had a lot of fun watching it. So I actually was at my mom's house for the last couple of days. So I watched mm-hmm. it with her 
And she, this is one of the few movies she's seen, so she enjoyed getting to rewatch this with me. Just I think your like mom a... and I probably have a similar taste in movies. Which yeah. is not a taste in movies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's one of the points of contention with me and my current husband. He loves movies. Yes. And so he really has to, and luckily, you know, I, we don't always work the same hours, so he can use the time when I'm out of the house to, to watch movies. And it's funny, he almost does his own, like, movie ladder. Like, okay. a couple weeks ago, he was on a real uh, Leonardo DiCaprio kick, and he, wa- you know, he even read, like, Catch Me If You Can, he watched the movie, he was watching, like... Um, the great gatsby and just all these other ones and he watched and then now he's on a space kick so he watched interstellar the other day and then he watched the martian like he's he does his own little ladders yeah it's well and what i've kind of really took me many years into this to realize why i like doing the movie ladder and it's because there's just so many choices that you need some way to narrow down like what am i going to watch next if you just sit there you can scroll on netflix for an hour and a half, and then you haven't watched a movie in an hour and a half. Yeah, so I've done that. Is, I've scrolled on Netflix for half an hour to an hour and not settled on anything to watch. Mm-hmm. And then, like, screw it, I'll go listen to a podcast instead. Yeah, like, exactly. Nothing nothing appeals to me right now. Forget it. I'll turn on a podcast and just go to bed early. <laughs> um, all right, well, you didn't turn on a podcast last night, Brendan. So no. we heard what Haley had to say. What are your initial takeaways from my best friend's wedding? Did so, you just have a great soundtrack, or what did you think? There's a lot to love in here. Um, I really loved the unconventional nature of the narrative. Um, it was pretty obvious, I think, from the beginning that you weren't really supposed to like Julia Roberts' character. And it, I was sort of caught off guard because um, I told my friend Valerie, a friend friend of mine from college, that we were watching this movie and she was, like, really excited. And I was like, all right, I'll text you during the movie. And she's... And so... I texted her and I'm like, wait a second. Am I at, wait, am I supposed to like Cameron Diaz? Cause she is, her character is awesome. Like she's, why, why, why does she want to break them up? This sucks. I hate Julia Roberts. Oh, there is man. nothing wrong with Cameron Diaz. She's awesome. Leave her alone, Julia Roberts. She's <laughs> that's, far that's too funny. nice. That's funny. That was your, that was your takeaway. Cause she's far as... too nice for the plot of this movie. She does nothing wrong. She's perfect. And it's, I think that's what I really appreciated was the, um, because you're so used to in rom-coms like this, the other woman who is on the other side of the protagonist to be like a bitch or be an awful person in some way, or have some deep, dark secret that's going to make the lead male not or lead female not fall in love with them and fall in love with the main character instead. So that they end up with each other at the end. And the, this movie not doing that and not following that convention is what I think I really appreciated most. I don't think the movie pulled it off successfully at all times, but I like that it tried. Brandon, and, I am on the exact same wavelength as you. Yeah. I loved Cameron Diaz's character. Mm-hmm. I loved that this movie didn't take the easy route out which was make because because we're introduced of the idea of Cameron Diaz's character which is she's young she's blonde she's hot she's rich so you're like this girl's gonna be terrible and she's and like even that first bit where she's driving you're like she's gonna be terrible but then she's really Mm -hmm. fun she's really sweet she's really open about um 
her fiance having a female best friend and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But I just, I think what, what would have made it better for me is Julia Roberts' character being likable. And I do exactly. appreciate that they made her exactly. unlikable and they said, let's try this out. But, you need, but it, you, I just, I need, I need some joy and I need, exactly. I need to, I, Haley Strong need to be able to root for that character. Yeah. I also, I didn't have any interest in Michael. I thought he was bland. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know why either of these women were in love with him. Mm-hmm. I was, I, I enjoyed George a lot more. I loved Cameron Diaz's family in this. I thought they yeah. were wonderful. I thought Michael's family was fantastic. I thought every single character in this movie was great except Julianne and Michael, which was, and that's, it sucks. Yeah, so it was hard for me to like <laughs> even have any semblance of rooting for them at all because right. I didn't like either of them, and I, I, I don't know, and I like Cameron Diaz so much. I think that's ultimately I agree. Where the movie falls apart is you expect to be rooting for Julia Roberts in a Julia Roberts movie, and when you don't do that, and you don't give her any redeeming quality whatsoever until the final five minutes of the film, that's that's a problem. And, I mean, especially if it's not going to be done in a comedic way, because all of the stuff she does to ruin the wedding and ruin Michael's life isn't funny. It's, like, really, really deep cut, worse than what you would see on, like, Jackass or an Aston Kutcher show. Bad. Like, yeah. he's, like, legit fucking up his life. If I was Michael, I'd be like, and it's like, do not okay, talk to not, me ever again. Yeah, like we are, we're not we friends. Are not friends. Yeah. I think that's probably the most unrealistic part of this is yeah. that Michael at the end is like, no, we're still friends. Um, it's like, yeah, bullshit. <laughs> well, it's interesting because you know when I saw this, I was twelve years old when this movie came mm-hmm. out, and you know I don't remember thinking that this movie was about her be- playing this terrible character. So even this watch, like. She does bad things, but I'm still like, oh, but she's the hero of this movie. And I think it is an interesting way to watch this where this is like, I mean, she's like a Walter White, Tony Soprano, like anti-hero, but in a rom-com. And she does do terrible things throughout this movie. Um, but I think, you know, I think part of it is in 1997, Julia Roberts is the biggest actress there is. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I think that. And I'm, you know, when I'm 12 years old, I'm like, yeah, she's she's the best friend. She's supposed to be with him. Um, yeah. As an adult, though, a lot of the stuff that she does is is very terrible. Um, mm-hmm. And we will get to some of the things that she does. But 90s, 90s Internet, though, I had yeah. to laugh. So I laughed so phone. hard at the freaking email and the Internet. Oh, man. <laughs> so the cell phone. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Haley. The cell, the cell phones absolutely cracked me up when she pulls out yeah. the cell phone that is the size of. I don't even know what I would compare it to that's around me. Like, the size of this podcast mi- microphone, yeah. but bigger. Like this, this mug I have here. Yeah. Like, <laughs> hello? Yeah. Uh, like, where does she store it? How does she, you know, like, that thing can't hold the charge. Her face uh, is smaller than the phone. Yeah. yeah. Well, and George has a normal size cell phone. George has, like, a StarTac, which I remember that's, I had friends that's that That's what editor that. money buys you, though. Yeah, that's true. He's the um, editor, so he gets he gets the latest. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I so you know on on my rewatch of this it was you know I thought there were some really funny parts. Um, George by far is the MVP of this movie for me. His character is so good. He's he had me laughing so many times. I think 
I didn't realize how little he's actually in this movie that he doesn't come back mm -hmm. until the very end of the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I think Michael is pretty bland. I mean, even that actor Dermot Mul Mulroney, uh, that is not Dylan McDermott. Not Dylan McDermott. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that is Dermot Mulroney. And, uh, Kimmy, Cameron Diaz's character, she's fine. This was right before Cameron Diaz was a huge star, I think. Yeah. Uh, it was before There's Something About Mary, and she had been in The Mask, but not much else. I mean, obviously it's before Shrek same... and some of those other things. Is it the same year as Mary, or the year it, before? It might be, but this came out before. Um, okay. I mean, because that was the movie that really made Cameron Diaz a star, and in this, she's right. she's just, I mean, she's, she's very bubbly. She has a lot of energy. Um, yeah. I think the big question I had, and again, this is the difference watching it as a 35-year-old versus watching it as a 12-year-old, mm -hmm. uh, which, crazy, this movie is almost 25 years old. That blows oh, yeah. my mind as well. Um, that they are just too young for everything going on in this. Like, 28, I feel like is just, I, re I felt like in my memory, the promise was like, if we're 40 and we're unmarried, we'll get married yeah. to each other. But 28, I just felt like is way too young to have the best friend, we will get married to each other promise. And that just like really took me out of it. And maybe it's because I'm so much older than these characters. And I actually thought all the actors and actresses were much older than 28. They actually were not. Apparently, Julia Roberts was 29 when they filmed this. Dermot so. Mulroney looked 45. I am so sorry. I agree. He did. He looks I better thought now I was than like, he you guys are 28. Well, let's yeah. see. Uh, Derm let's see when he was born. I think he was about 20. But I just feel like 28, like maybe in the 90s, 28 is old to not be married uh in 2020 it's not so he was born in 1963 so okay. he's only so he's 34 he's when 30. this movie comes out okay uh, actually born in alexandria virginia as well um, wow. yeah um yeah local. when i heard 28 i was like shooketh yeah no. um yeah you're you're that's a 35 or older promise like if yeah. we're not married by the time we're 35 sure you know and but. i just i I didn't love that they made Cameron Diaz's character like not she's she wasn't even done college yet. Uh, yeah. I wish she was just a little older. I don't know. It just seemed it seemed just kind of cruel for him to be like, well, you have to drop out of school to follow me while I write about the minor leagues. Right. Yeah. Little did he know that remote learning was just around the corner and she could have just done so, online classes. Hilly, you're you're pretty big baseball fan or at least you follow the blue jays pretty closely uh-huh what did you what did you think of the sports writer aspect and job for michael's character like did I that feel, all track for you uh yeah i felt like a track i feel like in the 90s um any woman lead of a, a rom-com was like a magazine writer mm -hmm. and every male lead was a sports writer right. there's something about like these writing careers that seem so like illustrious and beautiful that we all know now or not. Um, <laughs> but I liked that aspect. I loved how much like white socks things we got right. in here. Like we are at the stadium. We are having a great time. I, I, I really enjoyed that part. Yeah. That was yeah. another, that was another checkbox that I marked off as like, Oh, this was a great movie yeah. for Haley. Like it's a wedding movie. It's a romantic comedy. It's, it's, takes, a it's about baseball. It's about a baseball yeah. family. And Julianne, plays a food critic yeah it was yeah. perfect so, so i had yeah. all the makings i even have my white socks sock monkey on the bookshelf behind oh. me you can't see it looks too small but uh, i just yeah like it has all the makings of a perfect Haley strong movie but i just i just feel like julianne wasn't likable enough I, yeah. I i agree i think that's the ultimate problem and it's 
kind of surprising because, like, this is what everybody loved Julia Roberts from this movie. I mean, she got nominated for, like, Golden Globes and SAG Awards. and For this movie she did? Yeah. Mm. And it's like, people, this is, this really helped cement Julia Roberts as a star. And so it's sort of ironic that it's in playing such an unlikable character, you know? Well, and for me, I think the premise actually, like, is a setup. It's a little bit forced. And mm-hmm. um, as I'm, like, watching this movie and taking notes on it and, you know, paying attention enough to it to talk about it, I'm like, come on, four days notice for a wedding that you're going to give your best but, friend? Like, you don't know your best friend has a, has a, has such a serious girlfriend. He tried like, to give her one month notice. He tried. Oh, he did, but, he yeah, do or do not, little Yoda. There is no try. Come on, man. Um, but like that, that he's like, yeah, we need you on a plane. Um, there were just like, lo- lo- like logistics things in this movie that didn't make a ton of sense. Um, her not which, having any friends to be her bridesmaids didn't yes. track for me. Which actually is a connection yeah, totally. to last week to the, to the Philadelphia story. We talked about yeah. how at the wedding at the end, the, 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 uh, bridal party and groom's party, they had no, they had no bridal party and groom's party. At least in this, they had a couple of family members in it. Right. Um, but I do think those two girls were supposed to. I don't think those were her friends. Right, but they were his family, I think. Right? No, I think they were. No, just they're her, her cousins. Oh, they're her cousins. cousins. Okay, yeah. but she didn't like very much or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I think just because they're really dirty. Um, right. Which by really dirty, they just <laughs> licked the ice sculpture. I think that was the only thing they really did that was of any of anything interesting in this. They were hilarious to me. Yeah. Like they, yeah. like they were obviously made to be kind of like the wicked stepsisters, but they were so right. funny and like light and bright and like i think they were kind of like shady in some moments but i don't think they were they were they weren't trying to ruin her life yeah i do think there's a there's an r-rated version of this movie where there's like a bachelor party and you know they get some shenanigans like there's i'm not saying there is like there could be an r-rated oh i see i see what you mean yeah yeah um where this was meant to be like more family friendly and you know this came out just a couple years after Father of the Bride, and it definitely has is in like the same realm as fa- that Father of the Bride making, yeah. Um, which is one and of my- uh, so one of the cousins, Rachel Griffiths, has gone on to have a pretty big career. Um, she was in Blow with Johnny Depp. She was in Saving Mr. Banks, Hacksaw Ridge, The Rookie. Um, so she's gone on to have a pretty big career post this movie. So this is is sort of her first big role, but um. Yeah, that's awesome Good for her. And so were they related? Like in, in real life, were those two women related? Because they look very similar. They were not, no. Uh, the other one is played by Carrie Preston, who I have not heard of. Rachel Griffin. That name sounds really of. familiar. It sounds familiar to me, of Kelly too. Preston. Maybe. Who's Kelly Preston? She was married Kelly to John Isn't Carrie Preston played Ben Linus's mom on Lost? Ooh, quite possibly, quite possibly, yeah. yeah. Uh, Carrie Preston was in Doubt. Yeah, she, yeah, she was in Lost. Okay, yeah, she, she maybe Ben's mom on Lost. She's had a like, lot, a lot of credits. Yeah, that yeah, name just sounds really familiar. Um, Doubt she's was probably really on a bunch of TV stuff. I'm looking on uh, Letterboxd. Yeah, but um, I did think too the brother, um, who I know his name because I looked at Chris Masterson. So yeah, he, he was like, the, the like, oldest brother. brother. Yeah. He's the oldest brother on Malcolm in the Middle. 
um, which so, he's really so he hilarious. Seemed, he seems so familiar to me as well, and yeah. I have not watched Malcolm in the Middle. And it's because the reason I realized after like thinking about it for a day mm-hmm. is that he reminds me a lot of the actor who plays Denny in The Room. And it's oh, obviously yeah. not the same actor, but he looks – he's got that same like ball haircut, and yeah. he's like a creepy, pervy teenager. Um, right. He does look like so Denny. It, yeah, I thought he was Denny from The Room. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. We're not connecting yeah. to the room, are we? Uh, no, uh, maybe not. Maybe, but probably maybe. not. Um, Haley, what is your number one romantic comedy? Uh, Notting Hill, which is Notting Hill. Oh, nice. Which ladders to this with Julia Roberts. So, like, mm. so it's hard for me to watch Julia Roberts in something like this when I, in Notting Hill, I love her so much. Wasn't she a likable Notting Hill though? Doesn't she play like a stuck-up celebrity? I mean, kind of, but like, I feel like she has more of a redemption arc than she does here. Right, she has redeeming qualities in yeah. that, and in this she just doesn't. Well, all. in this she is just like I'll just let this guy get married, like yeah. he's supposed to, basically. Mm. Is the in, in in Notting Hill, you understand, like you you learn why she can be cold and why she's like stuck up, or you know if she is even right. stuck up. So I feel like there's more of like a an arc there where here she was just kind of like. To me, it felt like Julianne. Only was interested in Michael once she learned she couldn't have him. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah. That's and that's what was frustrating to me. Like she kept going, that, he's in love with me point. for nine years, and now I want to be with him, and now he doesn't want right. to be with me. I'm like, yeah, well, sorry, yeah. you missed. I think what the also nine-year frustrated me about their relationship is their relationship in college apparently only lasted a month. So like, yeah. isn't that what they say? So like, how is that the love of your life? Like you barely know him. But I mean, so, so I and I've had friendships like this where things started romantically on one side or the other and and then we'll real you know like it won't work out and we'll stay friends um you know there was brennan we had a friend in dc that i don't i don't really want to say her name even though she's all the same but like that like we kind of had like an on again off again like she was interested in me and i wasn't interested in her Mm -hmm. i was interested in her she wasn't interested in me and then we became friends and we tried to do the friends thing we were very close and then it you know it just doesn't often work mm. out um and but we never did we never did the if we're unmarried in 28 i think we we're older than 20 <laughs> at that point anyways but like we never did the agreement or whatever you want to call it the vow right. um and i yeah i think like that, so that to me but that doesn't seem that unrealistic especially now in the age where we're like connected with people so much like right. you can move away and you you know you keep messaging on instagram or your snapchat friends or whatever well like, like think about it we've i've been friends with you two for how long now years and years and years 10 years now yeah yeah At and least. we've only met like once or twice mm-hmm. yeah like the first time i met zach i was in dc with my parents yep and i was like hey mom and dad uh i'm just gonna go meet up with my friend from the internet i'll see you later <laughs> and they're like okay Haley, see ya have a great time like and it went, and we had a great time. We, we time. Uh, went yeah. for your favorite food tacos, or uh-huh. at least at the time it was your. I don't know if it's still your still, favorite. Food. Still, still keeping on. And then um, we watched Big Brother, the three of us. Yes, yes. Um, and well, and what I was gonna say is the tacos that we ordered. So we went to OML, and uh, I had to show you grasshopper tacos. And uh-huh. so you know, it's really like. Yeah, yes, so I had grasshopper tacos. Haley did not, but she watched me eat grasshoppers. I think I ate one grasshopper. Yeah, nice. and um. 
Yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, I'm going to go, like, I do feel like there is a version of this movie, too, that could be made now, where it's like, maybe it's just a completely different romantic comedy, where it's like, I'm going to go meet my, this person I've never met in real life, and it's just about, like, the crazy night that you have, like, just doing weird stuff, like. It sounds like a really easy movie to film in quarantine, actually, like. That's true. I I feel like in my head I write rom-coms all the time. I have another one. I only have the title for it. (laughs) But it's called, uh, you know, there's the phrase, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Oh, no. So my title that I came up with is always the groomsman. And so I don't, oh, I don't I know like what that. the plot is. Yeah, I don't know what the plot is. But. Okay, you and, okay, call Annie because she's a great writer. I bet she'd write this rom-com with you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I should. That, that could be a good quarantine project. Um, although now I've already revealed it, so one of our listeners is going to steal the idea. But Yeah. Uh, but it's basically, I think it's basically like a male version of this. Where, it's a uh, sequel to Wedding it's like, It might be the male version of 27 Dresses, at least from what I understand 27 Dresses is. So. Now that's a great film. Yeah. Nice. So that's the blind spot for me. I've never seen it. I've, I've seen that movie probably 50 times at least. Mm-hmm. There's a few movies I've seen just like endlessly, and that's one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's a type of person, and you fall into this bucket where <laughs> you don't watch it. Like, an idiot? It only like no, no, where it's like <laughs> you... Uh, you know how they say like a mile wide and an inch. Like some people say, like I'm a mile wide and an inch deep. Like you're the opposite, where your your movie knowledge is an inch wide but a mile deep. Like you've seen the same, you know, ten movies yeah. hundreds of times. Whereas like you know, a lot of our listeners have seen hundreds of movies but only once or twice. Well, and I will say to my credit, I've heard of most of these movies and I know the plot lines and I understand like the pop culture. Um, mm-hmm pop cultureness behind it and the, the relevancy and and why people like it and whatnot. I just, I'm like, hey, I know I'm not going to like that. Basically, any movie that's been nominated for an award, I know I'm not going to like that. So, like, I'm not going to watch it. But you guys have a great time doing so. And I'll read the Wikipedia page and feel great. I was going to ask, have you ever just read the Wikipedia page for a movie that you know you're not going to watch? For every movie. I oh, used nice. to read the EW recaps of Grey's Anatomy every week. And I haven't watched <laughs> that since I was 14. Awesome. That's funny. Uh, well, you hadn't read this Wikipedia, right? So you didn't, I didn't hadn't. Know anything that was going to happen in this? Right. So I, I knew nothing. I, I didn't even know who the best friend would be. Uh, I didn't even know who was in it. I just had heard be- my best friend's wedding for years and years and years. But I've never, mm-hmm. I just hadn't, I just hadn't gotten there yet. Um, were there any surprises for you in this? No. Brennan, were there any so. surprises for you? Uh, just in the performance of Walter, it was nice to see, um, the same actor that played, uh, Trask in Working Girl. I didn't realize he was in this. Oh, which that was who that was. Year. Yeah, he looked familiar. That was who that was, as, uh, Walter, the dad. Um, that was really great to see him. Um, other than that, there weren't really super surprises. The, I had seen the musical lobster dinner table scene, um, on YouTube before in like a compilation of best rom-com moments or whatever. Yeah. Or best, best musical moments in non-musical films. Um, the opening credit song was really fun. It really got me in the mood for the movie itself. I thought that was really cool. It makes Um, no sense. And really unique. It doesn't really, so that song was on the soundtrack. So I remember that scene pretty well. And as I was watching it this this time, like, what is it? It's just like an intro song. It it's like a Bond you, opening that has nothing to do with the movie. I mean, neither do pre-credit 
scores in 60s and 50s movies. I mean, true. they're yeah, just guess... trying to get you in the mood for the movie, and I thought I this did a really good job of that, you know? Yeah. So uh, I, I appreciated it. Yeah. I mean, I just think like I think that again in the 2021 version of this movie, the camera zooms out from that, and it's like Julianne is actually like a commercial director, and they're filming some like wedding dress commercial, and that's what that like just somehow that ties into the movie somehow more than just me. being like a sure. I, and I guess I, you're right if that's an homage to like uh, you know the 40s and 50s movies where they just had a long song intro. Even the Philadelphia Story had that long intro yeah. that was musical. And that's what that's supposed to be. That I guess that would make sense. I liked it. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was cool. And, um, um, I, I will throw in there for surprises. Even though I've seen this movie before, it's been so long, a lot of it I forgot. The email thing, which didn't, I wasn't really able to track it the first yeah. time, but that, that email actually gets sent to his boss and like how yeah. that all plays out, that Michael's boss gets an email from Kimmy's dad trying to get him to quit his job and or trying to get his boss to encourage him to quit his job and just the way that whole thing played out like that was like so shitty i was actually surprised they it was really there. awful yeah. yeah and i guess he has to send a telegraph i didn't really understand the note of it all because so yeah, i think what I that understand. is yeah what was that because i thought it was a letter and i was like wow that's pretty quick for that yeah, for letter to get yeah here um i think what that is is he's calling and dictating a message to the front desk at the hotel and they're writing oh. it out and, and then oh. getting it because they can't the, no not even i don't even think it's a, i think it's like they're calling the front desk and they're like hey i have a month because she calls juliana calls early or julianne calls early and says i have a message for michael and they patch her through she's like no no, no i can just leave a message for well, him he has a copy of the email in the envelope so it's like uh, get that. i don't know if it was i think he just dictated the email because oh, I think okay. he's like, I want you to know like what your father-in-law did. He sent me this email. The email said blah, 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 blah. I think um, that's what that is. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but it is kind of like when she's doing that, it's like, why would you not just delete this email? Like, I guess they kind of explain it that that she wants Michael to find the email saved in the drafts folder. But I just don't know how that really is going to play out. Because it seems like what's going to play yeah. out is that he's going to find that. And the father-in-law is going to be like, I didn't do that. I didn't write that. I don't write yeah. like that. Yeah plays poorly no matter what so what's the point like it's right. yeah none um, of it none of it tracks. well and what does she think her long game is like i mean i guess she's just not thinking exactly. rationally like her character is just irrational where she's like no i'm gonna break them up so i can be with michael but like doesn't she ever think like well if i break up michael and this woman he's in love with, like eventually the truth is gonna come out and he's gonna find out what i did and yeah you know. i hate i hate any movie where it's like based on just being like well, I hope this lie goes well for me because you know it never does and it just fills me with anxiety. Yeah. Right. Yes. This, do you think this makes her a good food critic or a bad one? Uh, I don't know. How can she taste the food correctly when all she does is chain smoke? <laughs> That's true. That's a great yeah, all the point. smoking. Yeah. All the smoking in this movie is. Uh, it, it's it's like the smoking is used to represent like who's a good character and who's a bad character (laughs) you know what i mean because i feel like only michael and uh julianne we ever see smoke like we even see george being like you shouldn't do that it'll kill you yeah and paul giamatti oh yes Uh, well we know how that turns out no i'm just kidding It was a good um, cameo from Paul Giamatti, though. It was nice to see him pop up. But... Yeah, that was... Uh, I definitely had forgotten. I, I had no idea he was in this movie, so that was, no. that was funny. Um, uh, I don't feel like her being a food critic... Like, it 
it's the it opening scene. Up. No, it's like we, yeah. we get this like crazy Ratatouille-esque scene in the beginning um, yeah. where they're like, oh, we have to like make this whatever she's eating. I guess it was like a steak on some mashed potatoes uh, is what it looked like to me. And we have to make that look really good. And then George is just sitting with her. Um, I will say that, you know, this did make, especially in 1997, it did make the life of being a food critic seem awesome. It's like go sit at a yeah. restaurant and get like great service and a really good meal and you don't have to pay for it. Okay. Uh, that sounds pretty nice. But um, yeah, I don't feel like even like then she's driving the like bakery truck at the end of the movie. <laughs> and that, it feels like that could have somehow played into her being a food critic. Um, food critic steals bakery truck. Yeah, <laughs> I also think high speed chase through downtown Chicago. I also think like, I, you know, I talked about the logistics stuff like so she's a food yeah. critic in New York. The weddings in Chicago, like why couldn't they have all just been in the same city? Like, why couldn't she have been a food critic in Chicago? Why does she need to because come? Because you need to time? feel the rush of her panicking to get there. You know, so I think you I think you needs to be far away. I think, yeah. I guess because also she needs to be in the hotel, which kind of disconnects well, her from her regular life as well. And it also helps explain why they haven't seen each other in a long time because they live in different cities. Mm-hmm. So it helps with that whole aspect. If they lived in the same city, it would be a lot harder to explain why they haven't seen each other in years or months. You know, that's so, true. Yeah, yeah, I just I got super like into like the logistics of this movie. Um, what do you guys think is the worst thing that Julianne does? Haley, you can start. Um, I think it's, I think it's send the email or write, even come up with the idea to write the email. The idea, yeah. uh, like I was, I would, um, tell me when she was, try- when she was telling Kimmy the plan to get her dad to like mm. offer a job. Did she know that would really upset Michael? 100%. Yeah. Okay. That, okay. Um, yeah. So that's annoying, but then doubling down on that was really upsetting to me. Right. Like, especially, doubling down on that with the email, yeah. Sure. I thought Michael got too upset about that first one. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because I think Kimmy's intentions were pure. They're just like... For sure oh, like, this is something you want to, like, be closer to home. Like, you know, this is going to be great. And he really didn't want that. Um, and he's expecting a lot, well, a lot from Kimmy. But yeah, anyway. For sure. Uh, so the fact that she doubled down on that and even came up with a plan to send the email was, like, not chill. Yeah. Well, really, also, really uh, what is this? Is it Walter, Kimmy's father? Like, mm-hmm. he's the major head of the White Sox. He should probably lock his laptop. Like, yeah. you should put a passcode on it. Like, I know it's 1997, but or at least put a passcode on your on your email. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, or lock your office door. I mean, like, somebody way more nefarious could go in there and send an email that's like, I'm selling the White Sox for 10 bucks to Zach right. Brooks. I'm know, selling like, Frank Thomas to the Houston Astros for five draft picks and a bucket of KFC. Right, exactly. You know. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess as we're like talking about this, Brennan, what do you think is the worst thing she does? Because I don't know if there's a, that many actually other terrible it's things. Definitely she the does. email. I will say one scene we haven't talked about yet that I actually was like, this is cringeworthy, but I also really love it because they sell it so well. Is the karaoke scene? So uh, the I especially when they like all go in and she's like, I didn't know this was a karaoke bar, and it's like, yeah, you did. 
Come on. <laughs> You're yeah. so full of shit. Right. But then when the making her sing backfires, and then you see how in love Michael is with Kimberly in that moment, like, I, I absolutely loved it. Um, And I, I love karaoke scenes in movies because they're always pretty fun. Because we can't um, do it right now. As someone who personally loves karaoke but can't actually sing, um, I absolutely loved this scene. Yeah, you identified and, with, with you are yeah, the Yeah, I, I definitely identified with Kimmy and her struggle with singing karaoke. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, well, so. well, just to change things up, I do agree with both of you guys. Those were both pretty bad things that she does. Um, I think this movie is sold that she does all these terrible things to break up the wedding, but like, there's really when you think about it, there's only like four. Like throughout mm-hmm. the whole movie, but um, they're really hardcore. They're yes. really hardcore. They're, and and remember, this is a you know? this isn't a timeline over four days. So she's right. doing like one terrible thing to break up a wedding per day. Yeah, I feel she like even gets her... them to move up the timeline of the wedding to Friday from Saturday because she thinks they're gonna break up at the reception. Yeah. Like the the timeline of the wedding even moves up a day, so she loses a day. That's true. Right. Uh, I don't remember that, but maybe. Did the wedding did the wedding move because he was like, or maybe just the time of the wedding moved? I think just the time of the wedding right. moved. Okay, because they thought they were gonna split up, but then they right. ended up still um, getting together. But I, so I will say, when Kimmy kisses Michael, or when when Juliana kisses Michael, um, you know, yeah, that's that's, that's his wedding day. And I think there's even the line that Kimmy says where she's like. Like when they're in the bathroom and they have the fight in the bathroom at the baseball stadium, and she's like, yeah. "You kissed, you kissed my fiance at my um, parents' house on my wedding day," and like all yeah. the people are like, "Ooh, damn!" Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I like that scene a lot. That was pretty. It was fun. really good. Yeah. Um. So I have other questions about logistics, of course. Um. Do they? Have, we were kind of talked about this, but do they actually have any friends? Do any? But does anybody in this movie besides Julianne have any friends? Well, she barely has a friend because her friend is her editor. So yes. when your when your only friend outside of your best friend who lives in Chicago is your boss, that's pretty lonely and sad. True. You know, like yeah. when you think about it, like everybody in this movie needs more friends. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like that their their bridal parties do not have very many friends. Like it seems like there are a lot of guests. Were there a lot of guests at the wedding? I think there were a lot of guests at the wedding. Um, but we just don't ever see this just needed the like night before the wedding scene where we get to see mm-hmm. them hanging out with their friends and going out and partying. And maybe that gives, you know, Julianne another way to, you know, she tries to get Michael really drunk and get him to do something stupid. I don't know. Like, so this is just me, me just trying to rewrite this movie to make that work. Um, are Michael and Kimmy still together to this day? So 25 years later, they're celebrating their 25-year wedding anniversary. Did things work out with the 20-year-old and 28-year-old that got married very quickly, or did they not? Did they split up? Mm, I would say no. Yeah. I, I think they had one kid and got divorced. Ooh, that's sad. I think she realizes Michael's a bore. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing, because she's like, she talks about how she's, you know, does all, she's a sorority, I think she says, and does all these, like, fun things for a 20 year old and um he doesn't have any ambition well he He just wants wants to be a sports yeah he wants to be a sit in the the press box which you know follow your passions follow your Uh, passion but he doesn't want to move up to the big leagues he wants to stay in triple a and that's mm -hmm. sort of you know yeah um 
All right. Well, we haven't really discussed uh, George, and I I thought George was really fun. Um, mm-hmm. Haley, do you feel like the George character? Do you think that aged poorly? Because obviously George is playing a gay character, and he is playing into some gay tropes and some gay stereotypes, but he's presented in a very positive way, and it is the most fun and uh, to me interesting character in this whole movie. Yeah, I would say. I, I, I just it didn't even clue in to me that like that's what they were doing for a while watching the movie and then they said the one thing and I was like mm-hmm. is that his character or are they joking mm-hmm. right but I just um I don't know but I just I he was my favorite character I just thought he was really bright and lovely and said all of the right things mm-hmm. um and my favorite my favorite scenes in the movies were the two where he was with people and then she called him leaving a message mm-hmm. and everyone like heard it. Those yes. really made me laugh. Yeah. They love answering machines in this movie. Yeah. Uh, like that she called the, the first scene, she's like, Let me call my machine and check it. And I totally <laughs> forgot about the act of calling your answering machine to hear if right. you had any messages, which yeah. was not something you could always do also. Such a 90s thing, like yeah. early to mid-90s. Yeah. yeah. I do just love the chemistry between Julianne and George. Um, yeah. Like when he flies in and they're in the suit shop and they're kind of improving off of each other. And um, yeah, one of them is like, he just flew in and the other one goes, yeah, to fuck me. Uh, I think it was like, <laughs> and it was just like that that line a that you're getting an f-bomb in this movie but like the yeah. just it was uh it was just good improv between them so um. yeah i thought it was all really good um i also really appreciated the um yeah that that the um that their editor like the the whole relationship of him being her editor didn't ruin the um or have to come into play with their with their friendship and i also that like that it didn't seem to be forcing the idea of him being gay as she's gonna make him straight by the end of this yeah like i did wonder if they were I, implying that towards the end to be honest i don't think they were and i think i i think i if they were i didn't read it that way um i think he was just more opening her life up to that there are other people out there and you can find joy and happiness in any way with someone else. I think yeah. I also really liked that he was constantly her conscience trying to tell her to do the right thing because mm-hmm. you needed that in this movie. Like you needed somebody being like, why don't you just tell him the truth? Tell him the truth. Tell him the truth. Because without that, I think this would have been a lot worse for Joanne. Yeah, I do think actually like one read of that last scene is that George is stepping into the best friend role. Like her best friend has gotten married, has moved on, but she has this other guy, George, now who can be there, who can be her best friend and and kind of be like that stereotypical gay. Exactly. That's how I read it. Yeah. yeah. And it has been a good influence on her and is like supportive of her and is there for Mm -hmm. her, like flew in for the wedding because he knew that it was going to be a hard time for her. Flew in twice in one week. Twice. In like four days. Flying in this movie uh, is very dated for two reasons. One, because there's a million people in the airport all very close together, which looks very weird now. But also that, you know, George walks her to the gate 
And like they're meeting, you know, Michael and Kimmy are meeting her like as she gets off the plane. It's like, oh man, the nineties that forgot you could yeah. fly and you could just be like, oh yeah, they're like, like we gotta, yeah. There is no TSA. There is like none of that. So we gotta be there in an hour. Right. Yeah. Um, That's been one of my favorite things lately with um going back to the X Files is they're constantly talking about how how they have a flight in an hour. It's like, well, why aren't you at the airport yet? <laughs> the home alone <laughs> you thing. Be at the airport, damn it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Chicago. I think we're all in agreement. Chicago is a great spot to, to be a backdrop for a for a romantic comedy. A great rom com city, like underutilized yeah. rom com city. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, New York. Yeah. It's been done. I'm Give a... me Chicago as a rom com city. Are there any yeah. that take place in yeah. Toronto, which is you know the closest big city to you? Ooh, um, I bet there is, but I can't think of any off the top of my head. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot that has filmed in Toronto. I was going to say, they film a lot mm-hmm. of movies in Toronto now. Uh, I would say maybe the biggest rom-com closest to me. Uh, um, is the Marilyn Monroe picture, Niagara. Mm. Nope. No idea what that is. Yeah, I mean, I guess Niagara Falls could be, that's probably a spot for at least like weddings yeah. and getaway movies i mean it's not like michigan has a lot of movies american pie took place in michigan eight mile obviously detroit right um but so final final question i had for our steam guest Haley strong who is a noted foodie so julian julian and george are food critics at a noted new york institution what magazine or newspaper do you think they are writing their food reviews for probably like the times or something like that that's what i assumed is new york i think times. it's eater or is it like well there is no the eater did not exist back then I oh true think. um bon appetit could be also could it be bon appetit yeah because it'd have to be somewhere where there would be a food editor i mean and it, the 90s were a little different for journalism maybe there was maybe there was a food editor for new york times. times yeah yeah um yeah, I, I love movies that take place in restaurants. I wish there was more. Yeah, I, I just wish they wrapped in her being a food critic more. Like they have the scene in the crab slash lobster place. Like I don't know, yeah. she could have been like criticizing that place or something. I, I, yeah, I, I mean, but that that is a very fun movie, scene. It's yeah. just is like out of nowhere, pretty much. Like they just start singing and the whole restaurant starts singing. I love it. Yeah, I love it. It's great. So that was that uh, was the highlight of the movie for me. Yeah, was that scene. It's very fun. All right. Well, let's get into listener feedback, and I'm sure that'll spur some other uh, yeah. some other things. Uh, the, the helium singing, also very right. random, but uh, that was funny. <laughs> I, I always I always laugh at helium singing. So, uh, all right. So let's see what our listeners had to say, and then we'll jump back to our own connections. Uh, so we'll kick things off with Jeff, as always. He Great. says this was just an okay rom com. Julianne is super annoying with her whining and plotting. All the crap that she does is some is stuff you'd never expect to do or you'd never do to someone you truly love. I honestly can't believe that they remained friends after everything that came to a head. That was the most unrealistic outcome I could have imagined. Some funny parts and the acting was decent and good music. I give it a 3.0. Nice. Uh, listener Molly wrote in and said, I forgot how great this movie is. It doesn't fall for the usual cliches by making Kimmy's character a nice person and our lead pretty selfish but still sympathetic, it creates a more interesting story. Julia Roberts is amazing here. She's so gorgeous, even when she's wearing that 90s pantsuit for half the movie. I wish her and Rupert Everett had done more, had done more. Movie, more 
have done 10 more movies together. They have great comedic chemistry, wonderful use of music, of course. I'm still humming Dionne Warwick songs days after watching this. And would Cameron Diaz please come out of retirement? Four stars. Did Cameron Diaz retire? Yeah, after Annie. Really? Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, she yeah she hasn't done a movie since 2014. She got married to Benji Madden. They just had a, a daughter last last year. Yeah, mm-hmm. she just was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm living yeah. my life. She made it. Her point was she made enough money, and she was t- so tired of all of the public scrutiny. She just was like, what's the point? Like she didn't mm-hmm. enjoy it anymore, so she was just done. Like good for her. Mm-hmm. She worked. Yeah. She worked a lot in about a 10-year span. Yeah, for sure. Between like, 97 so and 2007, yeah. yeah. Like, it's an insane amount. Yeah. But uh, but she worked for almost 20 years. Like, can you blame, mm. like, can you blame her? I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess that is 20, that is 20 years. I think The Mask Fair. was 1994, which I think was her first movie. Yeah. Um, all right, so Stefan says, I did not rewatch this movie this week. I did, however, watch it for the first time last year, and based on my memory, this movie will likely be getting a 0.5 from me. Editors note, we are rounding the 0.5 up to a 1 because Letterboxd does not allow for 0.5, which is what we use as our rating scale. So that is a 1, not a 0.5. Sorry, Stefan. Uh, having an unlikable lead really hurts the film, mm-hmm. and it feels like no one learned their lesson in the end. I do not think this movie is remembered uh, as a classic 90s rom-com but as what not to do in a rom-com. Yeah, I think I understand Stefan's point, and I also kind of agree with what Molly was saying, but I, Molly saying that she felt like Julia Roberts' character was sympathetic in the end, I kind of disagree. I don't think, I mean, just because she felt that for what she did didn't mean I, as the viewer, was in a position to feel bad for her, because I didn't. Uh, I was like, yeah, you should feel bad. You did some pretty awful stuff. I was manipulated by the end of this movie into being, like, very... Like, I was just very happy by the end of this movie that, like, she right. had George who was there. Fair enough. Uh, and just the scene where they're dancing and that that's how the movie ends. I thought it worked really well. But I don't know if she did really anything to earn redemption in this right. uh, from the that's awful the thing she did. Um, but, you know, it was already an hour and 45 minutes and it could, you know, could have been too long. So. All right. Well, the great Jim Crumley writes in to say, my best friend's wedding was much better than I remembered it. It had some unbelievable parts, a likable billionaire owning the White Sox. And I found <laughs> Julia Roberts is acting annoying. Dermot Mulroney, the superior Dermot, and Cameron Diaz were both great, though. I'm still giving it a four. Nice. Um, yeah, I don't know. Shots fired at the Chicago White Sox from Jim Crumley. Yeah. I think Jim's a Twins fan, I believe. Ah, could be, could be. Little AL Central rivalry. Go right in and let us know. Yes. Uh, All right, so Kyle, his rating is a 2.5. It was okay. So he has some quick takeaways, and then he has some connections, uh, which are connections to previous movies. Uh, Quick takeaways. The opening song was gratuitous. So glad most modern movies have moved away from this style of opening credits. Uh, Kyle is in disagreement with Brendan. Yeah, I'm fine with a gratuitous opening. Yeah, gets you in the mood for weddings. Yeah. Uh, it, it, gave it did me time open to prep the popcorn I was making, and you know, it's... yeah, yeah. Um, it's just it's just kind of weird. I think it could have tied into the movie somehow, but yeah, it's it is a little gratuitous, I guess. Uh, making Julianne the maid of honor to keep her close is so unbelievable. When Kimmy is clearly well connected and would have lots of close friends, 
Mm-hmm. Great to see the Chicago the Chicago skyline without the stupid Trump Tower. Oh yes, <laughs> I did not know that there was not the Trump Tower, but uh, I've gone. There's a race I run in Chicago every year, and it runs right past the stupid mm-hmm. Trump Tower. It's awful. Um, Kyle says I always can, I always confuse this movie with Runaway Bride uh, for good reason. I mean, it's a it's a Julia Roberts yeah. wedding comedy, right? Um, and it's just, Richard Gere, right? Yes, uh, yeah. Runaway Bride is like the spiritual sequel to Pretty Woman, basically. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. So some connections. He said comparing love to objects. The ship was yep. Yar. Creme brulee versus Jello. Yeah, we didn't talk about creme brulee versus Jello, did we? Well, that is so dumb. Yeah, creme brulee is much better. Oh, well, so I would, I would murder for creme brulee right now. <laughs> so you you definitely are creme brulee and not Jello. I mean, I like Jello, yeah. but I mean it it's creme brulee. There's always room for Jello though. I think it should have been creme brulee brulee versus pudding, I think, because they're that's then they're kind of similar. And one is just like a fancier version of the other. Like Jell-O is just like it's a funny line, but it doesn't really make sense. Right. Do you think do you think that was some early spawn con? Oh, Mm -hmm. no, probably not. I didn't notice anything that was like I could be Jell-O. Maybe the car, because that BMW is Mm -hmm. pretty nice. Um. Yeah, you could be Jello, Brendan. You can be whatever yeah. you want. Uh, other connections that Kyle pointed out: almost canceled weddings. That obviously ties back to last week. Fake identity of George. Oh, we've yep. had. Yeah, he points out we had a lot of fake identities. The reporters uh, from Philadelphia Story and Tom and Ransom from Who Shot Liberty Vance. Yep. Liberty Valance. Damn it! Every time. I did. Every time. Every time. Uh, trains. trains. Yes. What was the train in this one? Uh, when they go the to the, when they go to the train station in Chicago. Oh, oh right, yes, yeah. yeah, yep. And uh, side note to Brendan, I suggested. Uh, uh, of oh, these are just these are just notes for Brendan because he knows Brendan reads the emails. <laughs> Brendan, we don't need to read this. Uh, oh, I'll read this one. Uh, he says, uh, "So glad you watched Rosemary's Baby. It's one of his favorites." So yeah, it was that, that was a good one. I yes. It. Uh, all right. <laughs> what is right. what is Owen? Have to Owen. Say? Our final piece of feedback comes from Owen. Clean this up film, there, Owen. Yeah. This film definitely has a good link to Philadelphia Story, and strong link may have helped my enjoyment, particularly Julianne wearing a dressing gown in red embroidered into it. Though, don't think she was ever called that nickname. No, I don't believe she was in this one. Um, under like Captain Hepburn in the previous movie. Oh yeah. Uh, found it to be a bit slow. A lot of slapstick moments where uh, were filmed or edited poorly for me. Biggest laugh was the woman calling Julia Tramp in the ladies' room. Yes. But she goes. That she gets off so way funny. too lightly, both in that scene and overall. I, I think I agree. A more cynical, downbeat outcome for her would have suited me better. Uh, still, never really bored, and liked that it was an old-fashioned musical at times. Rated three out of five. Three out of five for all. Yeah, so that's going to give us a listener average of a 2.91 overall. 2.91. All right. Uh, Haley, why don't you go ahead and give your score? Um, out of five. I would I would say a 2.5, but if I have to letterbox it, I'll I'll bump it up to a three. You could do I, two point. You could do point five. You just can't do zero point five. You can do. Oh, 2. okay, okay, okay. I'll do a two point five then. I thought it was like pretty down the middle. Definitely not my favorite. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll like. I there's no nostalgia here for me, so I don't know if I'll ever go back and watch it. Mm-hmm. 
I just I didn't love it. I'm sorry. Did your husband watch it with you? No, he didn't. He was no, he did not. He was at work today while I watched it. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. That's perfectly reasonable out of a out of a five. Yeah. Uh, Although some of our listeners would say three is down the middle for out of five, not two point five. So I I'm going to give it a three point five. Um, I liked it, you know, obviously a little bit more than you guys. It's got that nostalgia value for me. Um, I'm, I like movies about weddings. Going to weddings is fun. Um, and I like that this one, unlike the Philadelphia story, actually showed after the wedding. So mm-hmm. it showed the the bride and groom speech, or uh, best man and maid of honor speeches. Um, showed but a why bit did the they leave and then the party continued? That um, also didn't make sense to me. I've never been to a wedding where the party continued after the bride and groom ran to the limo. Yeah, so that's a 90s rom-com trope. It happens in Father of the Bride as well. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think at 12 years old, I just assume that's what happened at weddings. Nope. Um, but yeah, I don't think that... I think if I was paying for that big wedding, uh, I'm especially because I, I would assume that I would have a lot of friends there. Like, right. my wedding will be the opposite of their wedding because like my groom's party is going to be huge because I have a lot of friends. So uh, like when I was watching this, I was like, I can't imagine having like... No, uh, no groomsmen. I'm gonna. I mean, to be fair, after my wedding, we ate red lobster in my in-laws' living room, but it was in October, so it was. I was gonna say you had a quarantine wedding. We had a we had a we had a quarantine wedding, just a nice small ceremony, and then gotta get those Cheddar Bay biscuits though. (laughs) Yes, I love I love the biscuits. I love red lobster. What can I say? Nice. So hopefully we'll have a reception in the near future, but. Not looking that likely anymore. <laughs> <laughs> 2025. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, or our, our 25th or our 5th anniversary. Yeah, your 5th anniversary. Because yeah. you, can, you can do one, because we were going to do one, our one-year anniversary, but now we're kind of like, oh, I don't know about this now. It's like, you can't do two years. You have to wait till five. Right, exactly. Yeah, two is just awkward. So. Yeah, it's so, man, that's, that would be so weird. Like, you have in your mind, like, how you want your wedding, you know, what types of things you want to have at your wedding, but mm-hmm. like, and then when you have to have it during quarantine, it's like, well, we're going to have it outside and we're going to be in masks and not be close to anybody. And how many people did, did you have a bridal party? Or was it yeah, I had I had uh, five on my side and Ethan had four. OK. Oh, unbalanced. Yeah. What does it matter? Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. Especially now. It doesn't. <laughs> well, especially uh, since we were like trying, you know, we didn't we didn't want too many people there. So right. we just. Fair you know, enough. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we are putting off me giving my final score for this movie. (laughs) I am going to go ahead and land right between the two of you with a 3.0. I think the movie's good, not great. Um, I think there are rom-coms I've seen that are better. I think there are Julia Roberts movies that I think are better um, that I've seen. This isn't my favorite thing, but there are several standout scenes that we talked about that I really enjoyed that made this pretty fun. And as others have said, I wish um, there was some reason or underlying likability to her character that made any kind of sense. Um, But I really thought that all of the supporting cast, including um, Cameron Diaz, who pretty much stole the movie, uh, did a fantastic job with this. Like, it's really Cameron Diaz's movie at the end of the day um, for the better performance to me than Julia Roberts. Um, but it's still a three because when your lead isn't, when your lead 
isn't acting like a lead should, it, it loses a lot for me. Um, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if you so, would have liked it more if we got like a, if the opening scene was Julianne and Michael in college making this vow to each other. And then we flash forward to the future. So just so you get a little bit more of the backstory of like, yeah, maybe, why... maybe something like that. Yeah. Like, and like some Ju- chemistry between them. Yeah, yeah. Cause there's also zero chemistry between the two of them. Right. So like if they're such good why. friends and they don't talk, so she's right. like, like, come on, man. I know it's so, not 2020 where like you talk all the time to people. You're like, constantly like, you know, find each other on social right. media and stuff. But um, yeah, that's going to average us out to a 2.97 overall, which will be a three for letterbox purposes. So. Nice. Um, yeah. All right. We got a three. All right. So before we hop into connections to previous movies that we've covered this season on the movie letter podcast, uh, I thought it would be fun. Haley, what connections do you have between my best friend's wedding and the show that you cover the bachelor? Ooh, that, um, <laughs> there's always one woman trying to steal another woman's man, but <laughs> that's why they signed up for the show. Of course. Is that what's happening this season? I where, mean, where are we this a... season? How far along are we? I don't even know anymore. Like, we could have 45 <laughs> weeks left. Who knows? So like, we're definitely not close to the end. We're definitely at le- like past the halfway mark. Mm-hmm. We're coming down the home stretch, but not super soon. Okay. As far are as you... I know, we're two weeks from hometowns. So about four weeks from the end. Nice. And are you liking this season? Um, there's just a lot of unnecessary drama. Um, the cast, the cast this season super unbalanced in that there's a lot of great women to like, but then there's just a few women who just cause problems for no reason. So that's yeah. just, it's just frustrating. Sounds like a good connection to this movie. Yeah. Women who cause problems <laughs> yeah. To, for no reason. No freaking reason. Uh, yeah, I was telling Amy last week, I listen to your podcast, uh, but I do not watch The Bachelor. I don't know what any of these people even look like. So I just have like an image in my head as you were describing different people of like what's going on and who people are, but I have no <laughs> idea what's actually going on. The That's show. so funny. Yeah. yeah, we get a lot of people saying like, yeah, I gave watching the show. We just listen to the podcast. Like, well, especially because it's like weird. multiple hours a week and a lot. Uh, I'm not that interested in watching it to begin with, but I do like the, you and Amy have good banter. So that's why I listen to the podcast. So, oh, so yeah. sweet. Yeah. I just came to this podcast for like an ego boost, really. Just for the compliments. <laughs> yeah. I pr- that's, that's how I got you to sign. When you said last week, you're like, I don't know if I'm going to watch a movie. I said, well, we're going to give you a lot of compliments. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Do love compliments. Yeah. All right. Um, Brendan, we already talked about a lot of the connections. Were there any other connections you wrote down between this and and the Philadelphia story or this and other movies? Uh, No, not really, other than just the whole journalism aspect and the uh, secret identities, the everything going on around the family drama surrounding a wedding about, you know, whether whether the in-laws are going to like this person, that person, um... You know, the the fact that they didn't really have um, friends outside of their family to be at yep. their wedding. Was I, a little, I put, I put yeah, wedding was parties a big with one. nobody in them. Yeah, wedding so. parties with nobody in them. Um, yeah. I also yeah, put uh, Kimmy. Kimmy is a 1% heiress. So, you know, she's the, the daughter of somebody rich. Oh, just right, Just like right. last week in uh, the Philadelphia story. Just like, uh, yeah, just like Kat. Um, yes. Yeah. 
So, um, Catherine Hepburn. Yeah. Yep. I put, uh, you know, two suitors, main characters are writers, uh, right. breaking up a wedding party and then, or breaking up a wedding and then last minute wedding party that gets kind of thrown together. Yep. Um, what about other movies that we've covered this season on the movie letter podcast? Any connections to those? For this season, not really. Um, yeah, I didn't have many either. Right off the bat, no. I mean, trains. We love a movie with a train. Right. You know, we we always we stand a movie with a train. Um, other than that, there wasn't really too much that I noted. Yeah. Um, you know, I obviously aside from what Kyle wrote about Liberty Balance with the um you know, connections to journalism, the trades, et cetera. Um, no, I didn't really have anything. Yeah. Uh, Haley, have you watched, I'm going to read off the five movies that we've done this season on the movie ladder podcast. Super. Uh, l- let me know if you've seen any of these. So last week we did the Philadelphia story. No, you haven't seen, uh, the week before, I'm guessing you've not seen this. We did the man who shot Liberty Valance. And definitely not. All right. Then we did Spartacus the week before that. Oh God. No. <laughs> Monty Python life of Brian. Um, I've seen one of the Monty Pythons, but I think it was Holy Grail. That makes sense. That's the one most people. That's the one most people have seen. Yeah. And then uh, the first week of this year, we did Young Frankenstein. No, I haven't. So sorry, everyone. Sorry to Uh, disappoint. (laughs) That's why we had you on this week and not uh not any other week. Yeah, I would not have watched any of the other movies. Thank you. You wouldn't have watched Spartacus for us? No, absolutely not. Spartacus. One time of that thing. It's kind of a rom com. Um, Yeah, there's a romance. And do they get married? I think they get married in Spartacus. I'm not. I'm I'm never going to watch Spartacus. Yeah. Um, I do feel like we've had weddings or something close to a wedding in each of these movies. I think Life of Brian had had something like a wedding. I don't know. Um, no, no weddings of life of Brian. No. All right. Uh, okay. So okay. then, before we get into uh, suggestion for next week, Brennan, what is your movie map? What is the movie that you connect so, to from last year? Uh, the one there were two options that I thought were super obvious to connect this movie to. The one that I connected it to the most was Five Hundred Days of Summer. Ah. Um, mostly the karaoke scene is what what uh, nailed it, and then the ending where the guy. You know, that I guess I'm going to spoil 500 Days of Summer, but Joseph Gordon-Levitt doesn't wind up with the person that he thinks is the love of his life or that he decides in the last, you know, at the last minute is the love of his life that kicks off the plot. And then he ends up, quote unquote, falling in love with somebody else at the end of the movie or going off with that person. But you don't really know if there's a romantic feature in that. That's good. And just like you don't at the end of this movie, uh, there is a train. There's a karaoke scene that is very It also takes place in Chicago, I believe. Does it take place in Chicago? I thought it took place in San Francisco. No, maybe it was New York. Uh, Or San Diego. I thought it was Chicago. I thought it took place on the West Coast. No, I don't Uh, think so. Because they get seasons. I haven't seen it, but it feels Portland. No, Uh, it it seems like a tipstery. Uh, I believe it takes place in Chicago. Um, be Seattle. No, you guys work for a greeting card company. They don't, like can I Google thing. it? Yeah, you can Google it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but um, also great soundtracks. Um, for both. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was about it. Um, it so just, that was your, that. Did you have another one, or was that your main one? All right, let me give let me give mine before you yeah, give your other one. So you don't. Yeah, it. it felt the most spiritually connected to Five Hundred Days of Summer. 
Um, so I had a couple, and I was actually initially going to say Mixed Nuts because it was okay. a movie that I'm more nostalgic for than everybody else. It's 90s rom-com, uh, right. lots of crazy characters, some stuff that might not age that well, although much more in Mixed Nuts. Uh, but as I was looking at a ladder from last year, and you're talking about 500 Days of Summer, I realized High Fidelity is probably the closest to this movie. Uh, oh, because because um, Rob is you know obsessed with his previous relationships. It, that one does take place in Chicago. Um, yeah. It's got a great soundtrack, lots of music. So, and that was the week before Five Hundred Days of Summer. Um, yep. And there's okay, so Five Hundred Days of Summer set in LA. It's in okay. LA. Oh. And I'm annoyed that this woman you're describing at the end, her name's Autumn. Yeah, yes. that's the big. That's the big choice. Her name is Autumn. That's that's why it's annoying. Yeah. <laughs> I've never being seen clever. This. Yes. Uh, well, you could watch it, and then you can listen to our podcast. Yeah, Again, you get I will not days watch it. Yeah. I may listen to the podcast. It's a good. It's, I I think Five Hundred Days of Summer. Yeah, I it, the way it's told, it's told like out of order, so you get like different days of them, like things being great, things being bad. So it's uh very unconventional. It's it's like the I feel like it's like what the update of this movie would be, where it's like more unconventional. Mm-hmm. So, um, I also think Sliding Doors could have fallen in this. Yeah, Sliding Doors was second place of things that I. And this is our sixth movie this year. So the sixth movie that we did last year was Magic Mike Double XL. So Beautiful. I think this is a vast improvement over that. Yeah, so. this was much better than Magic Mike Double XL. This is a much better Valentine's Day present for our listeners than Magic Mike Double XL. We definitely, I, I'm sure I tweeted the exact same thing as I will for this one, which is like, celebrate Valentine's Day with us and my best friend's wedding. And last year, I'm sure I was like, celebrate Valentine's Day with us and Magic Mike Double XL. <laughs> Not the one that has Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> No, I did watch both. I remember though. I oh, yeah. yeah, that that is so that's crazy. I I do not think I would let us do a sequel now without oh. doing the first one. I think yeah. I'm way too I'm way too anal for that. But uh, all right. Well, with that, let's move on to our connections and suggestions for that's next cool. week. So every week we pick a movie that somehow connects to the movie we just talked about, and we do this using connections sent in from the listeners, and then we bring our own connections as well. Uh, once we do pick a movie, make sure you send in your feedback and next movie connection, the movie ladder at gmail.com, so we can compile those for next week. So we'll kick it off with Jeff's connection. So uh, once again, Jeff is suggesting The Quiet Man is a romantic comedy with complications, <laughs> and it is way better than My Best Friend's Wedding. Uh, the next one he has is Runaway Bride, Julia Roberts. Being in a romantic comedy, and uh, the main con- is the main connection. But this is what I actually imagine happens to Julianne's character after her best friend's wedding. She goes from one relationship to the next because she hasn't really figured out what she keeps running from on the altar. And uh, Runaway Bride did come up earlier. This could be one of those times where a movie that comes yes. up early in the movie is what we end up picking. Uh, the Wedding Singer is his third connection. Involves someone falling for a person who's already engaged. Came out right around the same time as well. Um, and that has Drew Barrymore, who actually auditioned for the role of uh, Kimberly and didn't get it because Julia Roberts really wanted Cameron Diaz. Mm, interesting. So, yep. um, yeah, and uh, her character is named Julia versus Julianne. Yeah. So, Julia Gulia. All right, Molly's connection. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, 2001's <laughs> Vanilla Sky. Cameron Diaz drives crazy in this one as well. Yes. Um, George mentions the Suzanne Howard of it all. So I'm going to suggest the Valley of the Dolls from 1967 starring Susan Hayward, Patty Duke and Sharon Tate. Oh, Sharon Tate coming back up again. Uh, 
And finally, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Oh, man, you want me to do some more Westerns, huh? Uh, 1969 has music written by Burt Bacharach, who wrote a lot of the songs used in My Best Friend's Wedding. Fun fact, while looking up Burt Bacharach movie songs, I saw he wrote The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, which was recorded by Gene Pitney, but not used in the movie. That's fun. All right. Uh, Jim is staying in the Midwest, and he's going to go with another Chicago movie and one with a Valentine's Day connection. That's The Untouchables. Uh, Jules has also mentioned Al Capone in My Best Friend's Wedding. And the two movies have eight minor actors and crew members in common. Wow, that is a lot of connections to The Untouchables. Mm -hmm. All right, Stefan, he's after Haley's interest here. He is saying Julia Roberts in a romantic comedy in Notting Hill. Uh, (laughs) He's suggesting one that we'll definitely have a pick because it's not a movie. He's suggesting the one after the Super Bowl. That is the Friends episode with Julia Roberts. He has Pride and Prejudice, a romantic comedy with Rupert Everett playing a friend. And Four Weddings and a Funeral, a romantic comedy that takes place at a wedding. All right. Olin suggests Michael Collins. Julia Roberts is involved in a love triangle. Olin's always trying to push Michael Collins. Very bad things. Cameron Diaz preparing to get her ideal wedding with some obstacles thrown in the way. I think that's it. My, my issue with Very Bad Things, it's a decent connection, but she's not enough of a focus in the movie for it to be a strong connection. Yeah. Because it's really more about the bachelors who are having a bachelor party in Vegas, to my recollection. Uh, and Owen even says in his note, Brendan will be on the opposite side of the spectrum from me. So not a, big, not, a, yeah, not a fan. Not a fan uh, of the Very Bad Things. Uh, another one, Ratatouille, the opening scene of the chefs eagerly awaiting uh, from a distance. The thoughts of a food critic reminds me of the scene from Ratatouille. I also got that connection. That's really fun. Yeah, and if you do that, you sure. have to have Mike Bloom on. Oh, really? It's, oh, yeah. The, the Ratatouille guy? Does look like the Ratatouille guy. Um, and... Is Mike Bloom your co-host on any podcast? Can that be a... a Top Chef, yeah. He's on Top Chef with me. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, uh, I also have... Uh, I, I believe he's a listener to this podcast. I did say Shut Up Tim... Uh, once upon a time would be our animated guys. So, uh, I think if we're doing an animated movie that connects off of this, that we're going to shut up Tim as a guest. I think there's a better connection than Ratatouille. Good point. Yeah. Uh, all right. And Kyle sent in a couple crazy rich Asians, a best friend's wedding, a gay best friend, a 2018 film with a diverse cast. The yep. adventures of Priscilla, the desert queen is his next one. The song say a little prayer is featured in both. And yeah. 19, it's a 1994 road trip about two drag queens and a transgender woman traveling across rural Australia. Australia is not the name of the movie. Australia is just the where they were traveling. I thought he also recommended the Nicole Kidman film Australia. So Oh, uh, no, I don't. He no. did not. I just misread the document. Yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, and finally, he suggested Silver Streak. Yeah, this film's in Chicago's Union Station. This is a film location yep. for many movies, most famously The Untouchables Baby Carriage down the steps scene. Oh, look at you, Kyle, trying to help out Jim get his pick picked. And then uh, he has a side note for you, Brendan. So hopefully you've read your side notes. All right. Uh, now it is time for the host picks. So, Haley, the way we do this is we'll each do our picks. Uh, if any of your movies were picked, you can mention it or you can skip it. Um, uh, Amy had a couple of her picks picked already last year and then once we've done all of them then we'll do a final so we'll each pick one to advance to the final three and then somehow from the final three we have to pick what we're doing next week so um, and uh, let's let Haley go first so yeah. that we don't accidentally take any of our picks either. that's a good idea all right okay. Haley, what, are, what are your connections and if there are ones that people already said that's fine 
Uh, yeah, I'm going to say two right now because one is one that was already taken, which is Notting Hill. Like I said earlier in the podcast, it's one of my absolute favorite movies. I love it. Um, but I'm also going to say, I'm going to say all of mine are picks that feature either Cameron Diaz or Julia Roberts. Um, so I'm going to go, I'm going to say Bad Teacher. Um, mm-hmm. In that one, Cameron Diaz plays an unlikable character who's trying to steal somebody else's boyfriend. <laughs> And it's a it's a fun movie. That I don't know fun. if that's gonna hold up well, to be honest with you. Now that I'm thinking about it, I just finished watching A Teacher on Hulu. Um, I, I think it's, it's based on the same story. Right? Oh really? Oh man, that would be uh, that's definitely just a not a comedic comedy. version. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if there's a comedic version of A Teacher, but maybe. So, all right. What else you got? Um. Charlie's Angels, not that excited. I just kind of was like, eh, maybe this. Mystic Pizza, again, whatever. Um, but there was one when I realized Cameron Diaz was in this movie that I mm-hmm. thought would be an interesting pick for you guys because it's not a romantic comedy. It's just a Cameron Diaz connection. I actually watched this movie in a university class. Uh, the class itself was called Evil. Um, and then when I was looking into the movie, it hasn't a different connection that I didn't realize existed. Um, so it's the movie The Last Supper, which also stars Jonathan Penner. Oh, wow. And it's directed by Stacey Title. Oh, wow. shit. Mm. Um, the uh, late, great Stacey Title. Yeah. yeah. So I think that would be an interesting survivor connection for you guys. Um, right. It's... That's a dark movie. It's a dark comedy, they mm-hmm. say. Um, I remember being a little skeezed out by it, watching it in class, because it's not something I would ever watch on my own. Uh, there's a lot of familiar faces, though, so I think you could ladder off of it very well. I've never even heard of The Last Supper. I mean, I've heard well, of The Last Supper, but not I the think, movie. I think you'd like it. Hmm. All right. I think you'd be really interested in the premise. That would be interesting. I bet that would be a blind spot for almost everybody who listens to this podcast. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else on your list, Haley? Nope, that's it. All right. Brendan, you want to go next or you want me to go next? I will go next. So I have a few things that have come up and a few that haven't. Uh, the fir- There are a couple that seemed pretty obvious. Um, August Osage County yep, is a film based on a play starring Julia Roberts and uh, Dermot Mulrooney. I almost called him Dylan. I, Dylan I had to look up what actually I had to check whether it was Dermot Mulroney or Ripper <laughs> Everett just to make sure I said the right one. Um, it's Dermot Mulroney. August Osage. Um, I also have Cameron Diaz playing the daughter of a sports uh, sports Damn, owner. We're in the same. We're on the same. Any given like. Sunday. Um, I also have a movie that came out a couple years ago that I haven't had a chance to catch up with. But I really want to. And it's about two friends who had a relationship in college and then reconnect later on down the line, starring Randall Park and Aquafina. Uh, always be my maybe. Also on my list. Um, and my final actually I have two more. I'm sorry. Um, wait, how many have I said so far? Four? You said three. Three. All right. So a couple of honorable mentions. Uh, I thought about Valentine's Day. The uh, Julia Roberts ensemble pick from 2010. I thought about Aaron Brockovich. Um, yeah. There's also a chef romantic comedy 
starring Catherine Zeta-Jones called No Reservations. Oh, I thought you were going to say Burnt. You've been trying to get us to watch Burnt for like a year. No. Boy, I I am going to watch Burnt on my own eventually. Um, (laughs) But the the main one I thought about, because because it's Julia Roberts playing a character named Juliana, and she's also a food critic, I thought it would be really cool to do Julia and Julia. Ah. The Julia Child um, biopic, because I thought that was actually a really... Fun, unique connection. So, Julia read that Julia. book, didn't watch the movie. Oh. Julia, Julia. Well, you said you <laughs> like watching movies that are based on books you read. So. I read that book with the intentions of watching the movie, and that was three years ago. <laughs> nice. Um, so, those are my. Um, yeah. All right. Well, uh, Brennan, this is the most crossover we've ever had on list. So, I had any given oh, Sunday wow. on my list. I had nice. always be my maybe on my list. I had August Osage County on my list. But luckily, I came with seven movies, so those three can just be left off. So my four that I will do, the first is, uh, I don't know anything about it, but it's a movie with Julia Roberts and Paul Giamatti, and uh, Clive Owen is also in this. It's called Duplicity. I think it's about, like, um, like uh, I don't know, like financial scams or something. Um, I don't know much about it. I think it had decent ratings on Letterboxd. Uh, the next is a movie from around this time period starring Rupert Everett that I've never seen, and that is Shakespeare in Love. I know it won Best Picture or was nominated for Best Picture. Might have won. I don't remember. Um, then uh, the movie Sleeping with the Enemy is next on my list. That's with Julia Roberts uh, with an uh, obsessive relationship. The writer of My Best Friend's Wedding was also the writer of Sleep- Sleeping with the Enemy. So um, thought it could be a different twist on this sort of obsession angle that we took from my best friend's wedding. And finally, there is a line in this movie where Kim, where Kimmy is talking about Michael and all the things she doesn't like about him. And she says, he likes action movies. And I said, Oh, okay, well I got to find an action movie to bring. Uh, it was hard to find an action movie that connected, <laughs> but it is like the most action action movie I've ever seen. And it has a cast crossover because it's got Paul Giamatti in it. And that is Clive Owen. Also in Clive Owen, uh, that is shoot him up. So it, this is a movie I loved in 2008 when it came out. I think I'm the only person who loves this movie. I just think it's like super fun. Uh, literally shoot him up. That's the whole movie. Just it, gunfight. If Paul Giamatti was in more than two seconds of this movie, it might be a good connection. <laughs> yeah, but he was a notable Paul Giamatti cameo. Fair movie. enough. Fair enough. All right. Yeah. Uh, Brennan, why don't you read all of the movies that were suggested? and then All right. We'll let's take it from the top. So we have The Quiet Man, Runaway Bride. The Wedding Singer, Vanilla Sky, Valley of the Dolls, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, The Untouchables, Notting Hill, one the one after the Super Bowl, which we're not actually going to do. This is the TV ladder. Pride and Prejudice, Four Weddings and a Funeral, Michael Collins, Very Bad Things, Ratatouille, Crazy Rich Asians, The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, Silver Streak, August Osage County, Any Given Sunday, Always Be My Maybe, Julie and Julia, Duplicity, Shakespeare in Love, Sleeping with the Enemy, Shoot 'em Up, Bad Teacher, Charlie's Angels, Mystic Pizza, and The Last Supper. And now Haley knows the only reason I'm on this podcast, because I sound better than Zach does when I'm reading off all the titles. <laughs> That's not true at all. Uh, One thing that I forgot to mention about my best friend's wedding is it had like my biggest pet peeve ever in it. And that is that nobody silences their cell phones ever in that movie. I know that cell phones are like a new thing, 
but uh, it drives me absolutely nuts, especially the, the biggest is on podcasts when people are guests on podcasts and don't silence oh, yeah. their cell phones and their oh, yeah. phone is constantly dinging throughout the whole podcast. It's like, just put your phone on silent while you're on yeah. microphone. Well, I was an RA in university, so I had my I had to have my phone on for two straight years. So I have not had the ringer on since then. And I graduated like eight years ago. <laughs> I mean, my phone, I feel like vibrates loud enough that I don't even need a ringer. I can hear it when it's vibrating. So I don't even have it on vibrate. I just like let it live its life. Oh man, when I put my phone on do not disturb and I have nothing, it's like mm-hmm. I feel like I'm so free. It's like I don't I'm not checking my phone all the time and then I check it and I have like 20 notifications. I'm like, oh man, that could have been 20 different times I looked at my phone and instead I just look at it once. It's very freeing. Yeah, sure. I should do that more. All right. Uh, since I went last, I get to go first in terms of picking. So, uh, Haley, the only rule here is you cannot pick something that you suggested. Okay. Uh, but you can pick something that you didn't suggest that some that was on your list that somebody else suggested. Um, you know, there were some of those. So uh, each of us will pick. We'll have a final three, and then we'll somehow pick from the final three. Uh, I am going to go with The Untouchables. I did not realize how many connections there were between these two movies. It's been a long time since I've seen The Untouchables. So good connections. So I will do The Untouchables. Brendan. Not bad, not bad. It's a decent pick. Um, Thank you. I've seen it. I've seen it quite a few times. I love it. Um, this is tough. I I kind of want to go with something a little more recent, but I don't know. Is there anything on this list you haven't seen? Probably, right? Yeah, I mean, there there, there are. There are. Um, I've never seen Four Weddings and a Funeral. Um, that's not that much more recent. Um I think it's but I've less also recent, never actually. seen Ratatouille. Hmm. And, I, I mean, I know that the only connection is the opening scene, but we've never done an animated film, and I yeah, think it could be really fun. Um, It would put us in a different genre. We might be able to get a really fun guest. I, I think we'd have a really good time with Ratatouille, and I've never seen it. Um, yeah. I'm going to suggest Ratatouille. Screw it. I like it. It's exactly 10 years after my best friend's wedding, so. Um. Ratatouille. Let's All do right. It. Haley, you have your pick of everything else on here. Uh, I'm going to go with Always Be My Maybe. I I love that movie. It was one I watched on purpose. Um, I laughed. I cried. I laughed some more. I cried some more. It was really, really lovely and wonderful, so I'm suggesting that one. Keeping you on your rom-com keg. Yeah. Uh, we've done theme months. Last year we did uh, we did a theme month in in November where it was like creepy, uh, weird sexual harassment in the workplace. And it was bad. Why do you always have but, to default to that one? Well, because it's the only one I can think of. But I know we did a theme month as well. <laughs> it's just the one I always think of. Uh, all right, so our final three, very very uh, uh, eclectic final three. Yeah, yeah, the the Untouchables, Ratatouille, and Always Be My Maybe. Um, I'm fine um, not doing the Untouchable. I mean, I like I would like to do it because of the connections, but I've also seen the untouchables since we both of us yeah. have seen, you've seen it a bunch. So I have, uh, I'm fine one of doing either. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fine doing either Ratatouille or always my maybe, because those are both blind spots for you. I have seen Ratatouille not in a while and, uh, always be my maybe. So Ratatouille is on Disney plus I'm assuming. And always my maybe is on yeah. Netflix. So both are streaming easily. I would um, say that always be my maybe would be the most recent movie we've ever watched. Mm-hmm. And that's exciting mm-hmm. um, to do something that's like actually come out in the last couple of years. 
Um, it would be the most recent movie since Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. And that feels that feels like a really good call. I really want to see Always Be My Maybe. Ratatouille, I also really want to see. Um, I think we could get a really cool guest, but at the same time, I don't want to do it. I don't think the connection is as strong as Always Be My Maybe. Yeah, um, I I would agree with that. Uh, Always Be My Maybe was on my list as well. It was on your list, and Haley suggested it. Or that's a great it. point. So, you know, I mean, there's some good... I uh, think that's the way to go, and I've also been on a Randall Park kick as late because of his role on WandaVision. Yes. So it would be great to see him in something other than the MCU. Yep. Um. Yep. So, yeah, let's do it. Let's go right. with Always Be My Maybe. I'm Are so we... excited. I can't wait to listen to this. Oh, it's good. Fun. Yeah. Um, no, I think that'll now, be good, and I think the, the connection, so I want to start writing down the actual connection in parentheses so that I remember what to write, what to make the episode title next week. So the connection to Always My Maybe is two, rom-com about two friends reconnecting. Is that right? right? All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Good. Because when I have to do these episode titles, I'm always like, what was the like succinct connection between these? Good enough. Cool. All Take right. it. Sweet. Well, that was easy. That was a very quick. Uh, that was a very quick one. Um, I can't believe the amount of crossover. I do not think that you and I have ever had that much crossover on our list. No, we have not. Um, at least like ahead of time, we'll usually like be able to feel each other out. Um, True. Without actually talking about it, and be like, I know Brennan's gonna pick this. I know Brennan's gonna. I know Zach's gonna pick this. And so we intentionally leave stuff off. I didn't think that you would think of the Cameron Diaz daughter as a sports owner thing from any given that Sunday. That came to me late in the process of watching uh-huh. the movie. Um, when they go to the when they go to Kaminsky, and I'm like, oh yeah, I guess she has played a sports daughter before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So any given Sunday made a lot of sense. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, always my maybe yeah. is next week, and uh, I don't even have to look that up. I know that movie's on Netflix. Yeah, it is a Netflix movie. So if you got Netflix just to watch my best friend's wedding, you can watch always my maybe before you have to cancel your subscription. So, uh, starring Randall Park, and I don't know who else is in that. I just don't uh, know. It's um. Did I say Ali? Did I say Aquafina? I think it's Ali. Ali Wong. Yeah, it's Ali Wong. It's Ali uh, Wong. So apologies, oh, to Ali Wong. I she's said brilliant Aquafina. in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and you know what? She's a chef. Oh, perfect. Is she? Yeah. Nice. Oh, she's shit. Either, she's either a chef or a food writer, but I think yeah, she's Yeah, it says fam- famous chef. Yeah. yeah. So who oh, knows? Maybe we'll, get, maybe we'll get Ratatouille next week. Um, yeah, maybe we can. And yeah, just looking to see which of our listeners have seen this. Uh, looks like Nolan has seen it. Uh, my brother, not like he listens. Uh, doesn't look like any of our other listeners have seen it, though. So good. It'll be a. I hope people are looking forward to that. Yeah. And it will still technically, I guess, be right around Valentine's Day, so we're yeah. doubling down. On- I mean, you can watch it on Valentine's Day. You, Valentine's yeah. Day is Sunday. So, um, cool. All right. Uh, well, the last bit of business that we have. So, Haley, we always open these episodes with what was the best thing you watched. Um, we like to close them with what are you planning to watch this week? So do you have anything, movie, TV show, that you're planning to watch in the next week? I'm really craving watching an old season of Great British Bake Off. Yeah, do it. It's just very comforting to me and warm, and I just is that a rewatch? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm I'm a real I'm really bad for just rewatching things over and over again. Oh man, there's so much good stuff I can't rewatch. I mean, I can sometimes, but very rarely. Um, all right, Great British British Bake Off. That's a good one. Brennan, how about you? 
Uh, so I have a couple of things I've got to watch for the latter and for the Criterion. Um, I have a Orson Welles movie I need to watch for the Criterion Challenge this week. And then I have Friends of Eddie Coyle after that. Um, I also have, what am I doing next? I have to decide what I'm watching for my personal ladder after Madness and King George. I haven't decided on what to watch next for that. There, nothing really jumped out at me while I was watching it. What um, about like the always... King's Speech? Because I think that's a, I think that's, true. I think that's a King be... George, maybe? Uh, maybe. Kareem, a di- a different numbered title, one. But... So. Yeah. That's a good idea. I should go to the King's Speech. I've never seen it. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's yeah. I like I like the King speech when I saw it. I think it gets a lot of hate now, but then I liked it. Um, Brendan, did you also slack on watching your Criterion Challenge movie this week, like I did? Oh uh, uh, no, it's because I watched it really. I watched last week's early. Oh yeah, so, I just uh, I, I, have I, I need to watch Pan's Slides. Labyrinth for my Criterion Challenge, mm-hmm. and uh, I did not get. I just didn't do it. I haven't done it yet. No, yeah. so I'm a week behind on. I will. I will. It's, that's a movie I got to watch at night and. It's my right. mom's house for a couple days, so I didn't want to watch it. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, uh, yeah, so Pan's Labyrinth is on my list. Um, going to watch a few dollars more as well, continue on those Sergio Leone movies. And um, I've been watching Love on Netflix, and I'm almost done with the third season. So I actually probably will finish that tonight. Nice. Um, Haley, did you, watch, did you watch Love? Uh, I definitely watched the first season. And yeah. I cried a lot, so I don't think I ever watched it's, the second or third. It's good. Uh, it's got it's got Mike Mitchell from Doughboys on it, so that's why I started watching it. Yeah, um, I think that's probably why I did too. Yeah, and I and like a lot Dylan of the Jacobs from Whatchamacallit. from Community. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's definitely like about broken people. It's just watching it, knowing that the third season was the last season. I can tell there's a lot of stuff they've set up that they're like they did not know it was going to be the last season, and as I'm right. watching it, so it's like frustrating. Because I know there's things that just aren't going to get paid off. Um, also, they make Mitch's character like a total idiot and like makes me well, sad for him. <laughs> I know. I know he is. Yeah, I, love, still... I, love, like, I love the Spoon Man. Yeah, I know. Night I know but it's like, yeah. So. Also, his acting to me is so weird because I'm so used to listening to him at 1.5x. So to watch oh, him act in 1x speed, I'm like, why is he like drunk? Why is he so slow? He's really slow. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. That's just his normal speed. So that's really you know. funny. Some people, like I listen to Haley in 1.5x, and you don't sound any different to me than you do on the 1.5. You just sound. <laughs> it's just... why I can't listen to podcasts at 1.5 or 2x. I, Some... I no, I only listen on one speed. Oh uh, yeah. Some people sound totally normal at 1.5x, and some people, when I listen to them at 1x, like Bill Simmons, I listen to him at 1x. I'm like, oh my god, can he speed it up a little bit? He's talking so slow. So, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that will uh, just about wrap things up for this week's episode. So, again, we're going to be doing Always Be Mine Maybe next week. That will be uh, episode number seven of season two. Exciting. So be, uh, Very exciting. Yes, you can watch that on Netflix. And yes. uh, Haley, thank you again for coming on. Thank you for being our Yay. guest. No problem. This was lovely. I'm so yeah. excited. Oh, it's it. glad to have you. We'll have to have you again anytime we have another strong Haley Strong movie. Yes. Be a good fit. So. Or, you know, sometimes it's good to have things that are like totally outside of somebody's wheelhouse. Like, I will not watch any She won't do it. That's the problem. Wheelhouse. I will Taylor not. Ca- Taylor came on last year and did, um, what was it? She did. Uh, she's, not the, she's not the type of Canadian that's just going to say yes to whatever we want. Yeah, to. no, Taylor's she's brilliant. I don't mind it. I don't 
like yeah. anything outside of my tiny little bubble. What was the yeah. what was the um, Happy Death Day was what Taylor came on. She came yeah, out from no, up and was there was no way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just I'm just very spe- I'm just very specific about movies. Well, it's, good. it's it's good that you're so specific because then we'll know when a particular movie we know not to even bother asking you unless a particular type of movie comes. Yeah, up. like you'll you'll see a movie come up and be like, "This is a Haley Strong picture." Uh, all right, Haley, what do you have going on? What uh, you got a lot of podcasts that you're doing these days. I do, it feels like. Um, of course, you can catch me on the Bachelor coverage on the Wrap Up Network. Uh, it was recently on the Dom and Colin podcast, um, drafting for the upcoming season of the challenge We Want OGs. Um, I'm on this podcast. You can hear me here. You're already listening. That's fine. Uh, it What's was We on- Want OGs? What is that? It's, I don't it's, watch the challenge. It's like all of the people who were on the challenge like 20 years ago are uh, going to compete on a season. Like they filmed it during quarantine or they? They're filming it right now. Oh. Oh, wow. But we just like to do the draft beforehand because like the challenge has a lot of spoilers. Oh, yeah. Um, what else? I was on the Jordan Kalish project of Twish. That was very fun. Yes, I just listened to you on that. And then, yeah, I think that's it for like fairly relevant things and when's top chef come back because you'll be doing those podcasts too right april beginning of april okay yeah for the time nice and uh yes people should definitely follow you where can they follow you on uh all those fun things you can follow me on twitter and instagram at hstrong underscore yes and big plug for Haley's instagram it's fun thanks uh brennan your instagram's good too where can they no it's not i mean it's mostly just this this podcast (laughs) mostly (laughs) mostly so, um, anyway, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram and uh, Letterboxd at Fitzy Brendan or Brentfitz11. Uh, that's about it. Yeah. Uh, are you Fitzy Brendan everywhere now? I don't believe I am on Instagram, but I don't remember what I am. Oh, on Instagram, yeah. On Instagram, so. you have a different. Yeah. You have I think it's still my email, which is Brentfitzpatrick11. So. Yes. <laughs> Hack into Brendan's email at Brentfitz11. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Come on by. Say <laughs> hi to my email. Uh, and uh, you can follow me at Brooks ZA. Uh, Brendan was just on the James Bond podcast for your ears only with Mac and me. So Holy we sleep. talked about the Pierce Brosnan movies. Speaking of uh, people who were in romantic comedies in the 1990s. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, that was fun. It was very long, but it's it's worth it. And yeah, uh, really we'll be back in a couple weeks on that podcast to talk about the Daniel Craig movies in early March. And then we'll be moving on to... Furious uh, ears only. Fast and the Furious rewatch for me and Mac. More movies Haley Strong will never see. Yeah. Nope, seen never happening. Those are fun. Those are, those I are will ones. not watch them. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll get Ethan on for one of those. Cars, cars that you fast. can absolutely do. Let me know. Yeah. He, he's a big movie buff. He loves movies. Yeah. We'll have to have Ethan on one of these days. It'll be Definitely. All right. Uh, well, we'll see you guys next week for Always Be My Maybe. Thanks again for joining us, Haley. Cause I know